dying in state. There may be people that are unaccounted for. I think it would be unfair to, to blame it on the worker. The blame should fall squarely on the employee. The whole profession can be trusted again. The life is a demani tragedy. Previously, in episode three of this six-part series, we put into sharp focus the cost-cutting measures. The Gauteng Health Department's stated reason for terminating its contract with Life Esitimeni. In that episode, we put under the microscope the fact that one after another, Gauteng health officials gave the same reason, which was later discredited by Barbara Creasy, the head of Treasury in the province. Time and time again, we find ourselves dealing with medical negligence cases in the health sector. The state is sued. Courts rule in favor of claimants, and families or patients are compensated with money from the public purse. But then what? No one is held personally liable. People keep their jobs, and they continue to practice as doctors or nurses, while the families of the dead or badly injured patients have to live with the everyday pain and trauma of the events that led to their loss. In this episode. Eyewitness News will discuss the fact that over 159 million rand of taxpayers' money, your money, has so far been used to try and make amends for a poor decision by a handful of government officials. The now well-documented life esitimeni tragedy has resulted in government having to pay compensation to about 134 claimants, which include the families of those who died and those who survived. When he announced his decision on the reward in favor of the families at the end of the public arbitration hearings in March 2018, retired Deputy Chief Justice Dikar Musaneke made it clear that government infringed the constitutional rights of over 1,700 psychiatric patients. I make the following award: one, the government of the Republic of South Africa, as represented by the National Minister of Health. The Premier of Gauteng and member of the Executive Council of Health Gauteng Province, hereinafter after the government, is ordered to pay the <coughs> agreed amount of 20,000 rands to each of the claimants listed in annexes A and B in respect of funeral expenses. Two, the government is ordered to pay 180,000 rand. Each of the claimants listed in annexes A, B, and C, in respect of damnable damages for shock and psychological trauma. Three, the government is ordered to pay one million rand to each of the claimants listed in annexes A, B, and C, as appropriate relief and compensation for the government's unjustified. And reckless breaches of Section 1A and C and D of Section 7, Section 10, Section 12.1D, Section 12.1E, Section 27.1A, Section 27.1B, Section 195.1A, B, D, E, F, and G of the Constitution. And multiple contraventions of the National Health Act 61 of 2003, the Mental Health Act 17 of 2002, that caused the death of 144 
healthcare users and the pain and suffering and torture of 1,418 mental health care users. Now remember earlier, I emphasized that over 159 million rands has been paid so far. Well, I say so far because Musaneka also made it clear that if more families come forward to claim from government and investigations show that their loved ones were among the patients who died or survived the tragedy during the time that was under investigation, March to June 2016, they too must be compensated 1.2 million rand. So far, 134 families have been compensated, but there were over 1,700 transfers. What does this mean? Well, I sat down with Section 27 lawyer Sasha Stevenson at the Civil Society Organization's office in the Johannesburg CBD, who explained that this simply means more money will be paid out by government. I remember um, during the arbitration, there was a list of more people that Section 27 had and you wanted to place them on record and for them to be counted uh, because their names weren't appearing in the 144. Mm. Is this still the case? So there were... There were group of people who had approached us um, and whose loved ones didn't appear on the list produced by the Ombud. We then approached the department and the office of the Premier to ask them to investigate this and see whether these people should fall within that list. Um, the The department and office of the Premier finally referred to the Ombud and the Ombud determined that of that list of 13 people only one uh, fitted the criteria fit the criteria for the arbitration Um, the other 12 people um, didn't fit for a number of reasons some people uh, were transferred out of life as a domain too early and so didn't fall within this marathon project what was very clear from this whole process is that the data collection of the department was appalling and the records remain extremely hazy. So it does remain a concern that there may be people that are unaccounted for and it's that kind of thing that's really scary um, moving forward because this affects mental health, this affects other types of health services this suggests that we don't know who's in our facilities and for what and how do you run a system like that. I spoke to Christine Ngumalo, who lost her sister, Virginia Marpella, in 2016. Ngumalo is one of the family members who was at the forefront of the fight against the health department. She told me that in the three months since Mosenega announced his decision, the family committee has received hundreds of names from relatives who also want to claim. Government has to a, a, a certain degree, um, you know, with all the, the things that Mr. Um, Nick had outlined, um, they've actually, in terms of the counselling and, you know, uh, making payments out on time, in fact, they did it in advance. Um, in that regard, yes, they have. But I have to mention that this is only for 134 families, um, you know, there were 1,711 um, patients that were moved out. So it is still very far off from, you know, reaching the, you know, the complete goal. But in terms of how they started, yes, we're very pleased in the manner in which they achieved everything. Mm. Looking at the 134, these are just the claimants in the arbitration, right? The the deputy chief, ju- the retired deputy chief justice, did say if any other person comes forward and their family members are found to have 
uh, died during that period that was under investigation, they too would have to be compensated, am I right? Yes, that is right. And a lot of families have actually started coming forward. So, yes, um, I mean, just, just from the family committee, I think we've submitted just over, I think, if not 200 names, something like that. Now, the questions we need to ask ourselves are, how do we end the scourge of medical negligence in the country? How do we ensure that we prevent another life many from happening? Only suing the state doesn't seem to be working because money that was meant to improve health services for the public is year in and year out being used to rectify what health workers and government simply call mistakes. How then does the union suggest that medical negligence is dealt with without a healthcare worker being held liable, as an example, to deter others from doing things that end up in medical negligence cases? Well, you see, with the health professionals, of course, they take an oath to say that they'll do everything in their power to save the lives of patients and to give the best uh, care as far as possible. But from time to time, mistakes do happen. Like in, in any other jobs, mistakes do happen. But of course, our, we, we encourage our members to be uh, vigilant and, 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 and pay attention to, to details as possible. So that's why we say that the department has a role to play in this, in that they need to make sure that there's enough staff and that they there's all the equipment and the machinery uh, needed in order to ensure that uh, service delivery is not impeded. So if the department fails to do that, then at all material terms will always say that the department would have to uh, 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 take the blame and surely the blame for all uh, negligent cases. And of course, they have to ensure that they motivate staff because, <clears throat> like the president was, was mentioning during the state of the uh, address, that workers would have to double their efforts. Of course, doubling efforts comes with, with better working conditions and better salaries. So we believe that um, a motivated workforce, the workforce that has all the 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 the, 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 the required uh, machinery skills. And and, 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 and and everything else that they need to make to do their job well should be there. Then if everything is provided for, there's enough staff, there's enough equipment and medicine and nature can happen, then that will be blamed on the worker. But as things stand now, I think it would be fair unfair to, to blame it on the worker and the, the blame should fall squarely on the employer. That's a conversation I had with Kaya Taba, the national spokesperson of the National Education, Health and Allied Workers Union. If government does not hold individuals to account, there will be a repeat of medical negligence. Some hospitals, and in the life many instance, NGOs, were repeat offenders, multiple deaths at the hands of certain institutions, and the taxpayers must continue to pay for all of these mistakes? Surely that cannot be right. One person who agrees with the sentiment is Gauteng Health MEC Dr. Gwen Ramokhopa, who has been at the helm since Qaddani Maslangu resigned over the life Esitimeni tragedy. Uh, what I did uh, was to establish uh, two committees when I came in. One is an internal one uh, in the department, which uh, uh, includes legal, uh, HR, clinical uh, services, uh, and quality assurance. So that all cases of uh, medical uh, negligence 
uh, are not only dealt with by legal, but they are dealt with by uh, a committee that will also look at uh, uh, where the things go, go wrong in terms of uh, patient treatment and clinical governance. Uh, and then HR will also come in to say, uh, can we hold uh, this uh, doctor or nurse uh, liable and uh, let us charge them? Uh, because uh, uh, indeed you correct, uh, the, the money is uh, uh, not only a taxpayer's money, but uh, the money that uh, the legislature uh, approves. It does not include uh, uh, liabilities. So it means that the money that is there is the money of caring for patients today. Uh, and uh, yes. the more negligence, the lesser the, the amounts are available. So, yes, uh, we do, and we don't only uh, subject uh, the health uh, workers to disciplinary action, uh, it, but we also report them uh, to their relevant uh, medical uh, and, and nursing or professional council. Uh, because uh, you can't have, just like uh, also the accounting firm, if you have one person, uh, you know, getting away with uh, undermining the ethics of uh, the profession, the whole profession can be trusted again. So we do um, go all the way uh, in terms of uh, disciplining, uh, disciplining uh, the professional. Join us next time when we use the Life Estetimeni tragedy to look at what it means for you and your relatives if a family member develops or is living with a terminal mental illness. Can you turn to the private healthcare sector or is government your only hope? This is an EWN podcast written and produced by Masekho Rashaka, Sheldon Morais and Peter Toronto.